Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there. Way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. When people are able to run the ball on you, it, it, it demoralizes you as a defense. Uh, they're able to impose their will on you. There's a lot of things that go on when people run the ball on you. And so to me, I think it's important that we stand up to that. We knock that run down. Uh, we get them in the second and longs, third and longs, and, and get some negative plays and then let our pass rush work. I think that run game, stopping that run, is a big component of a successful defense. That was Terrell Austin. Terrell, of course, defensive coordinator, giving us a little rundown on it. Interesting statistic there. And I'm just going to throw this out there. But, you know, last year, and if you want some really good stats – uh, Matt Williamson does a great job on Steelers.com with a cheat sheet. Really pulls up some impressive stats. And Max, the one that really kind of jumped off at me just came to mind because I was listening to Terrell talk. Uh, the fact of the matter is um, when Cam Hayward's on the field uh, against Cincinnati, the run they averaged four and a half yards a carry, okay? But when he was off the field, it was five and a half. That's a big stat. Four and a half is still too much. But yeah. when he's when he's not there, it's it's even worse, and that's Captain Cam what he needs to do. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and that's something that we know how much of a difference Cam is and was, especially last season. But I mean, a one yardage difference. I mean, that that's huge when you're talking about per play. Um, that he's out there because you have to assume throughout the course of a season. He's probably out, what, about 100 to 200 plays in a season. That's 200 extra yards that a team is getting, and they can't wait for Cam to get off the field. <laughs> you know wait a saying? minute. I'm kicking <laughs> off my shoes so I can – I'm trying to do the math. What was it? Carry the one. No, no don't, don't worry. It, it's a one-yard one different. Oh, okay. 5.5 yards versus 4.5 yards. It's one. It's, oh. It's one. That's, okay. Yeah. Right. And I'm saying he takes off about 200 plays a season out of a thousands of plays. You know, I'm, I, so I just it was just quick, simple math. Okay. 200 times one is 200. Oh, how about that? How that, about that? That's that's amazing, boy. If I'd have gone to class, I'd have, I'd have been smart as you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I'm just I'm just saying. I mean, it's it, it's one of those things. I just 
pop it up real quick and just but but th- that's also something that you want to increase as well absolutely you want to make sure or sorry decrease the yardage per but increase upon that effectiveness and i think what also that said was the depth last year that we right. didn't have yes you know that that absolutely. we were that, that that it was still a one yard one yard difference from when he's in versus out and i think that's how you kind of have to look at it. you have to say hey listen we have to increase upon this. We have to harp upon this. But now we have the depth. If you're tired, get out the game. We'll yep. freshen you up. We feel good with the guys behind you. Cam, in fact, you're so good, we got two. <laughs> yes. DeMarvin Leal and Isaiah Loudermilk behind you for that. Larry Ogunjobi has Chris Wormley. Tyson has Montrevious Adams. So there are guys there for you to roll in and guys who have significant playing experience. So you don't feel like you have to go this alone um, or be more than you have. We want you as effective as possible. And we, and we got depth for that reason. Something you didn't have a year ago, a luxury that Cam had to play more than, than he normally would have in a game. He had to be out on every sub situation because you just, you didn't have bodies and you didn't have guys who were up to speed, uh, you know, and, but I think that's what's going to be better for this team uh, this year because you went through it, so you have the requisite experience to pull from. If you're Chris Wormley, if you're Cam Hayward, if you're Isaiah Loudermilk, Montrevious Adams, you went through that hell last year. Mm-hmm. So you know what it is. Like, hey, listen, I'm not going to take this for granted. Hey, tap the helmet. Come on in. Hey, water's just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna go get me an umbrella drink on the sidelines. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit back, get some, get some air. You know, go, go yeah, by exactly. the the oxygen tank, right? There you exactly. Go. Don't don't hog that oxygen. I see you sucking it in. Don't you <laughs> hog? Don't you don't you empty that tank? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. As I look at finishing up the defensive line, what do you think about Sam Hubbard? I thought Sam Hubbard was solid last year. I thought he played a great complementary role. He's more of a physical on body press in that width of the of of the of the of the uh of the quarterback box Mm -hmm. more so than an edge eater like trey hendrickson right right he's a perfect compliment because he forces flow to to uh to trey and i think when you're playing that left end position or over the right tackle the chooks position that's kind of what you expect more of a defensive end playing from that side in a traditional four three you've got to be a more run adept type of player and then in pass rush situations you're 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 worried about contained flow because most quarterbacks want to flow to the right side so I thought he did a a tremendous job of pressing staying on guys and pushing them back not necessarily getting your edge and beating you like an outside backer like some of the more quicker type of guys he's a bigger body um, but he does a great job and he's excellent against the run Yes. Trying to get the outside edge on him on the run is, is a very tough task. Trying to get the high point shoulder um, is going to be a task. But uh, but yeah, he's he's a compliment in, in in this defense. He's not he's not a world burner, but you know he can turn it on if he needs to for a couple of plays. But he's not going to have that endless motor like Trey Hendrickson. No, he, that's a, that's a great summary. You know, I mean, you look at him. He had seven and a half sacks as compared to Trey's fourteen. But he had still had 12 tackles for loss, 17 quarterback hits. I mean, the guy is a legitimate NFL defensive end. I mean, a guy that can stand up at 6'5", 265. He's got strength. He has good body leverage. He has good balance. He doesn't get 
out over his uh, his, his uh, you know his toes too much and lose balance and end up on the ground. The guy's good balance and strength and plays with the good pad level. So I think their front four is very complimentary. You got some big, huge dudes that are are going to be you know sucking up a lot of the oxygen on the inside there. They're big, big beef eaters. But you also got a couple of guys on the bookends that can meet at the quarterback. You got to be real careful with these guys. I mean, you've got to play your butt off uh, in in whatever pass protection scheme that you have because the inner guys it's going to be a wrestling match but those outer guys they can bring it and they can meet at the quarterback on any given play so i like their front four is is i like it as as far as um you know they're good i don't want to play against yeah. them. i don't want to play against anybody anymore <laughs> but well, i'm about to say i mean how, how many guys are you saying you know what can't wait to get this guy. I'm sure that guy will be on his way out of the league. If he's like, well, Craig Wolfley thinks he can still block you at 60. So no, 64. You, 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 well, I, you know, I, hey, listen, you're 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 a young 64. Yeah, yeah, right. You're a young 64. I swear. Um, <laughs> if you had hair, you'd be a young 64. But Kevin, hey, you don't exactly. have hair. All right. Well, I feel like it's a lifestyle decision. You know say it's a lifestyle choice. You want to be streamlined. I think you're that, that's for speed purposes, right? Aerodynamic. Aerodynamic. Yes. yes, exactly. But one last thing on Sam Hubbard before we move on to linebackers. Um, also, in sub package situations, Sam mm. Hubbard will bump down to the three technique. I do want to make sure we say that. Yes. So you know you're not going to get a BJ Hill on a third down. You'll yes. get a Sam Hubbard, and we'll see if it's either Cam Sample or Joseph Asai will come in and be one of those pseudo edge rushers. He's a guy who has moves on the interior. Yeah. So that's where you have to worry. And sub, that's where he makes his hay. Yep. Rundowns, no first and second down, it's more about the runs. That's why you saw the TFL number so high. But in passing situations, that's where he gets you going. He gets guards moving laterally. He works edges on guards. So James Daniels, you've got to be sure with your feet. Yes, Bring your feet with you, man. You got to bring that second leg with you so you're back to balance. You can't step one foot out, forget the other one, and then the other guy goes, and now you kick that foot, and now you're almost doing a split. You can't do that. It has to be rapid feet fire, get get square, because Sam Hubbard's going to test your edges, and Kevin Dotson as well. Fast hands. You can't give him your chest. That's what he wants. That's what he excels at. Long arm stab, double arm bull rush. You've got to get your hands on the inside of him. If you allow him to win that, it is going to be a long day. It'll be a long day for sure if you allow him to win those. The inside hand position, you know, we don't haven't talked about it much, Max, but inside hand position is everything. You know, the guy that controls the center line on his opponent, and the center line is the imaginary line that it separates the body into two equal parts, right? And if you are yeah. on each side of that center line dominating that ability for, for having that inside hand position, you win. But if you don't, you're in trouble. No, you're, you're absolutely in trouble. And and think of this as a forklift. Yes. Leverage matters. Inside technique matters. You don't see forklifts with extra wide forks, right? Because you can't pick anything up. Right. You got to be nice and tight to pick up those pallets, lift them up or whatever it is. And to get it in the air, it's always tighter than it is looser. And I think that's how you have to kind of think of it. Think of it as, as a forklift. Forklifts are tight, long-arm levers to get underneath and dig things out and lift them up. If you're high and you're on the outside, you've given all of that advantage that you would have had, and that size and mass gets equalized by the guy who is in a better position. And so the technique really matters. Honing in, fast hands, 
big aggressive with first contact. Be the initiator, not the not not the receiver in that situation. Um, you've got to do that, and that's something that hopefully Pat Meyer and company they've been working at this week to understand that hand fight. And you don't and not and you don't have to go double hand with it either. Right. Use an independent punch. Use sure. independent punching. And allow yourself to get at least one hand on the inside and then bring the other one as a guide hand because you should be keeping a half-man relationship. When I say a half-man, your outside half should be his inside half. Yes. And you should stay there to force him into one way. If you get even, it's a bad day because that's a two-way go. Yes. It's a fork in the road. I have a decision to make versus telling him, no, 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 you got to go in the left lane. The right lane's closed <laughs> off, but. Let me tell you something. I my uncle when I was because you brought up the forklift. Did you ever drive a forklift? I have driven a forklift before. I, I, I my uncle had a lumber company, right? Years and and as a teenager, I used to work in a you know whenever he needed some extra people, I'd go work. One time, I got to you know deal with the uh, forklift. <laughs> Jeff was like yeah. cement on a on a pallet, right? Cement bags, okay. Yeah. Uh, the oh, spirit God. one. <laughs> Oops. I, I was about to say, I feel like th- that was just something waiting to happen. <laughs> yes. Was it Was it on a pallet? Wolf, it was on was a pallet. On the ground? Somehow. How did you? See? I missed. Perfect example. Yes. Perfect example. You didn't have the right leverage with the forks. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> you shot high and look what happened. <laughs> I, I lifted it up and I'll see you as... Yeah, exactly. A cloud. It's a cement Don't open your mouth. Don't open your mouth because you'd have cement things. And, and with that water, it's pro- it was probably quick creep too. So it sealed your mouth shut. And look, look where it would have been had, had you have opened your mouth. I'm glad you didn't, Wolf. You know, I, I, had, to, I, I had to, well, I had to move that pallet to the back. <laughs> I didn't tell Nothing my to see here. Nothing, Nothing to see here. We will uh, Oh, is that, <laughs> yeah. that was a bad moment. Okay. That, so, moving <laughs> yeah, let's go to linebackers. Let's, let's go, go to linebackers. linebackers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you got Logan Wilson uh, playing the wheel position. You got Jermaine Pratt in the Mike position. Um, guys who've been here uh, for the last couple of years. Uh, you know, this is a group that I think they benefit greatly from that interior, right? From yes. DJ Reader and BJ Hill holding and allowing them to kind of penetrate. And also play over the top. These guys are, are quick fill backers, but they also do great with scraping over the top. And they because do. you have two D linemen that are very good at controlling one to two guys and not allowing the 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 guard or the center to get up to that second level, um, they make a lot of plays. And it's not necessarily because of their skill set; it's more so because of the technique and leverage of the team. So they fit perfect in this in this four three scheme um, versus being a team that's going to be, you know, very heavily reliant and forced to flow to them, they happen to benefit from the stoppages and they create their own flow. Um, so, yeah. So, so I mean, that, that's just my humble opinion, my, my birds. Oh, I, I agree with you. I like Jermaine Pratt. Uh, Pratt is a guy that uh, he's a downhill banger. He reminds me of Vince Williams. You know, Vince, you know, yeah. he would he'd bring the big bang. Logan Wilson was a guy that he's, he's one of the lead tacklers, if not the lead tackler. I can't quite remember. But – you watch him. This guy's a big play guy. This guy, um, what he intercepted Ben, I think, uh, one or two times last year, and in, in, in uh, you know in the games that they played, um, he's he's very good. I th- I think a lot of Logan Wilson. I think Jermaine Pratt too. Also, is another guy that is very excellent. They bring in Akeem Davis Gaither 
in some of the uh, you know pass coverage downs when they want a, a slicker guy out there in coverage. He's not a bad guy either, but he he doesn't have the bangs such as five five or five seven does. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I he doesn't have that, but it, but it's complimentary, right? Sure. Do you need as much in the hole plugging when you have those four up front between Hendrickson to to, to Hubbard, DJ and BJ? Do you need that from them? No, you need those guys to play that support type of position and fill in wherever they go. So I think they do a great job of understanding where help is and also filling into a place that they know is a projected deficiency. So I think I would say they're very above-the-neck type of football players. Like, they're very smart in that right. versus being just absolute supreme athletes. I think I think it's more so the intelligence side and understanding the overall scheme and how they fit into it. Exactly so. They got some young backup guys. Marcus Bailey, not bad. Joe Bacci. Uh, you got Keandre Jones. These Those guys are all like two-year guys, or Marcus Bailey's a third-year guy. But, you know, they have some young, productive guys that can get the job done. Uh, Clay Johnston. The guy, uh, Clay Johnston, he, in one preseason game, he had, I think, 16 to 20 tackles in a game. I mean, he must have played just about the whole game. As I said, none of the starters but one uh, on either side of the ball played in the preseason game. But that kid, that kid Clay Johnston, really. Had had himself one heck of a preseason game. I forgot who it was against, but, you know, literally tackling machine out there, a capable guy coming up. Now, the guy that, uh, I, you know, you and I, you were familiar with, uh, we were both familiar with, Mike Hilton. Of course, he was a former Pittsburgh Steeler and a guy that um, <laughs> you love the fact that this guy could come off the edge and blitz. He could, you know, he's a good run stopper. Uh, his ability to time the snap was amazing and you know Terrell Edmonds said that they used to joke with Mike Hilton about the fact that he's really 6'4 240 in disguise uh in a disguised body of 5'9 184 <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. this guy's a big yeah. bang for such a small guy well you think like DeMonte Casey right he's right. just he's got he's got a knack for knowing what to do when to do it he ha- he has a high football IQ and like you said he knows when to blitz he knows how to blitz but he also knows how to cover and he also knows how to fill. And when you play that nickel slot position, you've got to be that guy because you're the pseudo linebacker, so to speak, when you come in and sub packages and he plays like a linebacker in a cornerback's body. That's essentially, you know, I think the ultimate compliment you can give him is that linebacker instincts, DB body and speed. And that that's a heck of a combo. And he knows how he knows how to play it. He knows how to play it. He's a difference maker on that defense. And he's one of those unsung heroes and kind of silent captains of the squad on that side of the ball. So he's always a challenge. And once again, he seems to always get his uh, his temperature up when it com- when it comes Pittsburgh week for some strange reason. I don't know why. Gee, well, I wonder. Tell me, I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, like when he picked six Ben last year. Did he not love that? Oh well, did he? No. Did he? And he let everybody in the stadium know that he enjoyed that. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that's what. Hey, Ben's not here. Ben's right? not here. So. I don't want to see that showboating, especially, exactly. especially, especially from, from the Stripe guys. <laughs> All right. We're going to step aside, and when we do get back, we are going to finish with the defense, and we got the secondary, the back end. Max, I think that uh, we got to cover Chidobi Awuzie. I had to say that because I, I've been practicing. Okay, I've been practicing that name. Yes. All right, and we got Jesse Bates, Von Bell, and Eli Apple, but we got all that and more as we flip to the offense also 
right here on SNR as we prepare for the Bengals. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. I, I think Mitch has got a great handle on it. I've been real happy with the way we've done it and, and kind of worked with all the quarterbacks, um, especially with Mitch now that, that we've you know, moved to this, into this direction where things he likes and, you know, off, there's a million plays and everybody can, the plays are the plays. It's a matter of what your guys do well, getting our guys in the right spots and and it's the key for Mitch to be comfortable. And I think he's, as he's asserted to this spot and moved up every day, it's more and more conversation. And I think we're in a good spot with, with he and I knowing what he likes and, and then also his comfortable situations with the players knowing what they like. We- well, of course, that was, I believe, Matt Canada. Did I get that right, Wes? Okay, good. Just wanted to make sure because for the sake of journalistic integrity, you know, we have to make sure to identify got, those properly. Got to have the journalistic integrity. Exactly. Gentlemen, this is nothing if not a fact-based show, okay? <laughs> exactly. We, we deal in only truths here, okay? <laughs> and one of the truths that, that we got to talk about is, in my mind, you take a look at the Cincinnati defense, and the strength of this team really runs from the two defensive ends to the safeties. I mean, the safeties, Von Bell and Jesse Bates, you, you got to admit, that's a pretty good duo there down the middle of this defense no you're you're absolutely right wolf i i think it, it is it is streamlined to those four players those four players make this entire defense go they're the heartbeat and they are also the ones who just you know just create the pressure um a lot of the exotic blitzes when they do come come from those safeties and it comes from the defensive ends being able to force flow to those guys and like you said, and then you add in a guy who's an opportunistic blitzer like Mike Hilton, a guy who, who can really affect things. And like I said, the safeties can cover up for that on the slot. So I think you're absolutely right. Those four are the keys. And, I mean, I, 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 love, I love Jesse Bates. I hate seeing, seeing him when we play against him. Right. Um, and then, of course, Von Bell. Von Bell, he's a strong, strong Oof. safety. Yes. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, <laughs> he is he, a strong, strong safety, yeah. Listen, he he has the wood he 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 has the woodpecker beak, right? Yeah. You know he 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 is, he is going to tap it. He's going to tap into you real quick, do a spinal tap. So, <laughs> you know, you want to make sure that you know when we are in a lot of the three wide situations, any of your middle routes or anything that's going to be seen to numbers, they, they they're, they're hawks in, the, yeah. in that perspective. And they, and and like I said, they have to cover up for an Eli Apple who. Has his moments, as we know. Right. Uh, a guy that we, we should also be familiar with. Uh, <laughs> but 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 Eli Apples is a guy who, who, who can play okay in the zone stuff when it comes to man-up situations or tight press. That's where he kind of has his problems and can get torched. Uh, <laughs> so I think the balance of Pat Fryermuth in the middle. Right. I think that's a, that's a primo matchup. That's a five-star matchup for me. When you're talking about prime matchups – is going to be Pratt Fryermuth versus a Jesse Bates, um, you know, versus a Von Bell, given the situation, his ability to go dig those guys out. I don't the think they can game. cover them. I don't. They, they, they can't. They can't. And that's why I like that matchup. I think that's something that we have to take advantage of. You know, you have to play between those hashes and really force them to do stuff and allow Pat Fryermuth to be that power forward type on the hashes. Let him own the middle of the field. 
um, because he can do that job. And like I said, when you got the rest of the linebackers worrying about Phil on Najee, can you keep up with Najee? That's a perfect compliment to that. You come back, you run Najee out to the left on a swing, and then you come back and you hit the right hash, you know, with a little curl route or a hookup right on the seams in the opposite direction. That presents an issue. That splits that defense in half and forces them to make a decision. Do I, am I worried about Pat Fryermuth? Am I worried about Najee getting out on the edges and trucking our corner? Um, those are business decisions you got to make. And we can really stress them if we can create those type of things. Because I think you kind of take the safeties out of it. They'll be less adept to come up because they're worried about getting beat over the top. I, I, I'm abs- Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm just sitting there. I'm just trying to think, what are they going to do trying to cover Fryermuth? Or, you know, you, you know that the – Chase Claypool, they've moved – they're going to play him in the slot too. You know, Chase Claypool yeah. was a handful for anybody named Mike Hilton. You know I mean? I got the greatest respect for Mike's game and what he can do. But that's that's a 6'4", 230-pound wide receiver against a 5'9", 184, uh, tough as nails, you know, nickelback. But, you know, if, if that matchup occurs – and I, I, I think, you know, you get some real great vertical routes out of, out of Chase – at that point in time. No, absolutely. I, I think that's another one you have to think of is that it, it, Chase Claypool or even George Pickens. Imagine you line George Pickens up sure. in the slot a couple yeah. of times. That's true. That's a, pro, that's a problem. That's a problem. And, you know, obviously we're still waiting to hear whether we know about the health of Deontay and his availability for Sunday. But, I mean, but putting him out there or, you know, having a Steve Sims in motion um, can, can be some things. Gunner. I mean, mm-hmm. we have a I mean, the one thing I feel really confident about. We have some really good receivers, and the receiving group depth behind the initial starting three um, is still one of the best. Miles Boy, imagine Miles Boy can come in. You put Miles Boy, sure. Claypool, and Pickens out there. It could, that, 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 that is a monster squad. Six four, six fours. Think, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, like that basketball league that that was six four and under. Remember that league? I remember, it was just like it was crazy. That I was like, why would anybody limit to six four? But they, they it, it didn't last long. But certainly, I'll, I'll say this: think about Gunner, uh, the Gunner Ozuski, Oshuski. Sorry, Gunner. Sorry about that. But against Mike Hilton, you know, you talk about two combative dudes. Wow, that could be something. That could be a highlight film right there. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean, th- this this could really. I mean, and and I get the lines at six and a half. But, I mean, it's just – I'm very bullish on us in this first game. I just – I yeah. feel better, especially after watching the game last night Yep. and knowing the lack of preparation in the preseason. Yep. yep. I feel like the Steelers grew up. And like you said, to go 3-0 and in the preseason, especially given the, the types of games we had, I mean, having that Jacksonville game, having a come-behind victory with Seattle, and then just having a very physical matchup with Detroit, I thought it played well – to really give the Steelers a good taste of adversity and building the framework of how, how, how tough do you want your team to be? Because I think all three of them provided a toughness check and an opportunity in a situation that, you know, they, they passed the test. I, and everybody was, oh, it's just preseason. It doesn't count. No, it does count. It, count, it counts in the mental Rolodex category. You don't think those reps counted to help fast-track this offensive line to get them to a better place? Think about had they not had those – <laughs> reps yeah, exactly. where will we be at on sunday 
No so question. So glad they got it out of their system. So, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I agree with you. All right, let's flip it over to the offense. Um, taking a look at this Bengals offensive line, they went out and they got some people from other teams because they had to restock that offensive line. So you're talking about literally four newbies from left guard Cordell Volson, who is a uh, rookie. They brought in Ted Cordell. Karras. Yeah, Cordell. I have not heard. I mean, that's an old, <laughs> that is an old man name. I mean, I don't know what is. <laughs> And then wow, you, Cordell. You got Ted Karras, the new center in from New England. You brought in Alex Kappa from Tampa at right guard and Lyle Collins from the Dallas Cowpokes uh, playing right tackle there. So you've got four of the five are all new to this team or, or new to the league either way. Um, this offensive line, you, I, they had to make a change. I mean, Joe Burrow got pounded last year. He got sacked 51 times. And I'll say this about Joe Burrow. He is one tough dude. 51 sacks, I think it was most in the league. And uh, now that you bring in this offensive line, um, this guy is – Joe Burrow is, is is something. But before I move on to him, what do you say about that offensive line in particular? Anybody? Uh, I mean, they're good on their own. Right. I just – I don't I don't know what they're going to look like together. Because right. Because they didn't play together in the preseason. Um, Alex Kappa, you know, is a guy from Tampa – one of the guys that's actually, you know, trains out at our facility out here in Arizona. Um, I've known Kappa since he came since he came out of out of good old Humboldt State. Humboldt, um, wow. Yeah, as a combine kid, um, definitely has great leverage and is 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 a, is a quality guard. Um, Ted Karras, we know we know the pedigree there up in New England. Very smart, very intuitive, physical at the point. Um, Lyle Collins was a guy who. Dallas definitely benefited from catching him in the supplemental draft because of the whole issues around his draft time. But, uh, I mean, a, a tremendous football player, big, physical. Can't hold up against TJ, though. No. Lyle can't hold up no. against TJ. And I think Cordell Volson, yep. you're telling me a fourth-round rookie versus Cam Hayward. I'm looking Give forward to that. seeing that. Give me that every day of the <laughs> week and yep. twice on Sunday. It is going to be – you thought Von Miller had a game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This this could be good, man. I'm telling you. This I mean, could be good. Uh, think about this, Max. Uh, Cam Hayward, 11 seasons of playing, right? Ten and a half sacks, 19 quarterback hits, and seven passes defense, all versus the Bengals. I mean, those are pretty good totals. Now you're telling me that you got a, a rookie in there? Man, oh, man, I want to see that matchup because I'm thinking to myself – Cam can feed, and you know Cam's going to bring it. Oh, he absolutely is. And listen, listen, nothing against Volson. I'm right. sure he was great. He went to North Dakota State, great FCS program. Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen great guys come from that school, but they've usually been quarterbacks in skill positions. Right. I'm just saying. Just saying. And you're, you're, you're getting a bona fide, hardened future Hall of Famer that's pissed off. <laughs> that's not an assignment you want right out the gates. You know, and, and, and I just look at that and I say, yeah. I don't know how Jonah Williams made it out of everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm just like, how did he make the squad still? But, hey, I, was listen, surprised. I digress. Yes. I digress. So, I was like, you made all these other – I guess you didn't want to go five, right? Five seemed extreme, but four is okay. Um, <laughs> or else you couldn't find – you couldn't, couldn't afford a left tackle after you paid for the other guys. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Alex Highsmith, if healthy and ready to rock and roll – he should also have have a solid day. I, I don't I, I I I don't like this offensive line. I think I think they can be good. I just don't like them right now. I think I think it's like it's like trying to eat raw eggs. Now, if you're a Rocky type 
and you want to and you want to eat the raw eggs first thing in the morning, that's cool. But most eggs are supposed to be cooked, and th- th- these aren't even hard boiled. You know what I'm saying? I, I prefer a nice light scramble, maybe even an over medium, a little bit of broken yolk there. But these are just raw eggs right now. <laughs> you know, I love the food. I love the food references. That's just so cool. All right, now. Before we get going too far up, um, let's see. We got to, okay. We'll probably go to break here, but uh, think about yeah. Let's go to break. And all right. Then we, we got pl- we got plenty. Of, we got plenty of guys left to talk about. We got Hayden Hurst. Yes, we got that's, Joe the Mixon and, that's the guy. That's the guy that bothers me. He bothers yes. me. It's like it's like you got something in your tooth. You know, you're trying to pick that yeah. thing out, and you, you can't quite get it out. I think it's a Hayden. Well, as long Hurst. as you don't. Well, well, just don't take the tooth out like you did with the chicken wing. Okay, that's true. That, that's the key thing. That's yeah. the key thing. That's but anywho, we will get to the specialists <laughs> on the other side after this break. You're listening to In the Locker Room on SNR and ESPN Radio. <laughs> This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. It's scary because it's the unknown. You know, we're venturing to a territory that we haven't been here in a long time from a quarterback perspective, at least for me personally. Obviously, I've always uh, done the job with him. But exciting also just because from a competitor standpoint, you embrace challenges um, and, and you're excited about the anxiety associated with that uncertainty. Well, you know what? We're embracing this uh, last segment of the, <laughs> of the show for this week before we got action, boss. Yes. And and Mike Tomlin, I think, teed it up and, and made it appropriate. This is the first time he's gone into a season opener without seven at the helm. Yeah. So it's exciting. It's nervous. It, it's all those emotions. You know, it's it's like waking up for Christmas and forgetting to send Santa your wish list. You don't know what you're going to get under that tree, you know. So you hope for the best. You hope that your <laughs> deeds uh, during the year leading up to that moment, you 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 get the right present, right? You get that GI Joe with the kung fu grip. You you get the Tonka dump truck, you right? know, even though you didn't write it on the list and mail it to the North Pole. So <laughs> you used to do that you know, when you kid. Of course I did. Of course. And, but, but you know what my mom used to do? And here was the thing. You know, and I look back on it now. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. Remember, remember the old Montgomery Ward magazine? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, she would give us that or, or the service merchandise. And you'd go through and you'd just highlight your top ten. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you, you know, I used to put an M. My little brother put a J. His name was Justin. <laughs> Justin would go put a J. And we'd go through and we'd pick our ten. And all of a sudden, the magazine would just disappear. You know? And, <laughs> How does that happen? And all, yeah, exactly. How does that happen? How does that happen? But, you know, I, and now I look at it, I'm like, mom made it nice and easy on herself. She's like, listen, I, I'm the Santa Claus. I'm going to go ahead and make sure that this happens, uh, even though they're going to write to this mythical figure and send it to a place that's going to get t- thrown in the trash. Some uh, kids may be listening. I hope not. I hope they're in school. <laughs> that's true. That's a good yeah, point. They should be back in school right now. <laughs> Good point. You're playing you. hooky with your parents. Yeah. It is not take your child to, to work day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, All right. Now, but, as we look yeah. at winding this up, Max, uh, Joe Mixon had a, a career, a monster game against the Steelers last year. I believe 165 yards rushing in this. I think it was the second game. But regardless, 1,200 yards rushing last year. He really came into his own. Uh, excellent pass catcher as well. Um, he, he's. 
He's got that ability to break tackles. He's got the ability to run outside, inside. This guy is uh, pretty much a, a complete back and really seemingly hitting his stride now. He's the Najee of Cincinnati. Okay? There you go. That, that's just that, that. That's what we're gonna. That's what we're gonna determine. Even though he's older, and I'm sure he would probably rebuke that and say that Najee Najee is a is the Joe of Pittsburgh. But he's <laughs> he's the not he's the Najee of Cincinnati. But Joe is just a Joe. You know, what I mean, if you got Joe, you got Najee. But he's not your average Joe. <laughs> oh, set that one up excellent. That uh, way to Thank knock it you. out of the park. There we go. Thanks for the alley oop on that you one. Bet. I appreciate you it. Bet. That's an easy dunk. Um, <laughs> but but you're right. I mean, Joe Mixon just presents a well balanced and uh, and uh, I mean, it's unpredictable because you know you could shut him down in the run game and then and then he affects you in the pass game. Right. He's a guy that when the ball is in his hands. You have to gang tackle. You can't leave it up to one guy on his own. And, and, that's, and that's no disrespect to any of our guys. That's giving him respect mm-hmm. um, in the process because he, he has earned it. He's earned that title. You think about how he's rushed against us, and you have to account for that. Because you know the first time we play him, not as big of a factor, but the passing game was a bigger factor for Joe. And then you get the second time where you're like, oh, well, we got to bottle him up in the pass because we got the run covered. Uh-uh. Burns you for 165. So he's a guy that can hurt you in a multitude of different ways. Joe Burrow, you know, is definitely happy to have him in the backfield, especially blocking for him as well and being a pressure relief valve. So you've got to figure out a way to kind of minimize his role. And I think it starts with the run defense. It's going to take all front seven to be in tune and to have multiple tacklers hitting him at the same time to get him to the ground to minimize his role in the ground game. And then, of course, now in the passing game, when you know that he's at threat, you have to make sure your guys are in the proper zones and they're, and they're having good eye integrity. Don't have bad eyes in the backfield, biting on the play-action pass or forgetting him in, in, in the swing game and trying to hug Blitz or Green Dog around the edge. Mm-hmm. Those are things you can't do. Stay disciplined to your rules and make sure you know where he's at or else he can't hurt you. Exactly. Hayden Hurst, this guy, he's got length, he's got size, uh, you know what? I was impressed with his blocking, especially when he would come across. You know how you come across the back and you wham as a tight yeah. end there? Oh, he, he'll wham you. He'll wham you. He'll do more than wham you. He'll lay you out, and he'll celebrate well, over it. I mean, he, he enjoys a good whamming. There ain't no doubt about it. He's got four, yeah. six, seven speed. He can get vertical, and he's got excellent hands. His catch radius is, is about as big as his body. I was impressed with this guy. Yeah, no, I mean, Hayden Hurst was a guy that was a problem when he was a part of that tandem in Baltimore with Mark Andrews. I mean, Lamar Jackson leaned on them heavily. Obviously, his stint in Atlanta did not go as well, which allowed for him to be available. You know, had some injuries that kind of was a bugaboo. Right. But you're right, when healthy, um, this, guy, this guy's a difference maker um, at the tight end position. He's a guy, like you said, he can be the sixth offensive lineman, but he can also be the fourth wide receiver. And, and that, that's, that's a dangerous combo to have. So you have to butt him up. You have to control him at the line of scrimmage because we know that once you get beyond that five-yard radius, tight ends tend to, win in that situ- tend to win in that situation. Now, I do like our matchup that if it is Terrell Edmonds coming down or it is a Minka, I think they can combat that. But you also have to apply pressure to Joe because if both of them have time and are available, you have to believe it's going to be put right on his numbers and, you know, it's very easy to see that 8-8, um, right. you know, when, when, he, when he gets open. And he's a guy who can turn and burn. He, ha- he has res- 
receiver-like route running skills. So he's definitely one of those X factors and a dangerous guy. I think for both teams, the Titans are X factor in in this matchup. So whichever one has the better day, I think will also tip the hat to who who's who's going to have an inside edge to win this game. Well, I think the, the real matchup is going to be uh, those wide receivers. I mean, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase. Pff, I mean, the NFL Rookie of the Year. This guy was amazing. I mean, he broke records everywhere. 18 yards a catch. I mean, that's pretty amazing. I mean, that's a good average there for, for a rookie. Then T. Higgins, he's probably one of the best combat catchers in the league. That guy goes over the middle and catches everything. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, he's, he's very competitive over the middle. And Tyler Boyd is one of those guys that moves the chains. I mean, he was their top receiver a couple of years ago now. He's one of three that are very complementary to each other. He's a physical dude, Clariton kid. Watch, actually, I did a game of his in high school uh, for the local uh, Fox Sports, I believe it was at the time. And uh, this that that kid, he it was like he was playing. It was a man among boys when he was playing for Clariton. Well, and, and I think that that's the other thing is that is that he, you know he he just he has a certain edge about him. I think is is what we could best say about him. Just because I think Tyler has that chip. He knows how to play with that chip on his shoulder. Right. And he's been a guy who, since he's been in Cincinnati, has been a difference maker, even through all of the different draft picks, right? The T. Higgins of the world and bringing in Jamar Chase. Tyler Boyd's still still one of those guys you have to keep keep an eye on because, like you said, he's a part of that trio. Yes, he might play in the slot because he's not as tall as the other two because they went out and drafted Monstars. But – very tall receiver. He's not a short receiver. This is we're no. not talking about a five foot nine receiver, right? And uh, he plays he plays his size. He plays very a very physical brand from that slot position. So Arthur Millette, Cam Sutton, whoever's going to be down there, if it's the third safety, if it's Trey Norwood picking it up sometimes, or Miles Killebrew, you got you got to keep your head on a swivel and you got to make sure that you know where Tyler Boyd is. He's also the guy when you're running rub routes. He's usually the rubber. Um, you know, and, and when you're trying and when you get in that cross section, it's going to be tough to make a decision, but you got to stay true to your, you got to stay true to your, uh, your assignment. All if right. you're in the zone, stay in the zone. You got it. Joe Burrow. Hey, completed 81% of his passes in the two Steeler games <laughs> last year. All right. We got to go, but you know what? He is great. And he's good. They got to contain him. All right. So listen, revenge is a dish best served cold, right? Bengals have beaten Steelers three times in a row. It's time to bust the Bengals. Sunday at one o'clock, Paycor Stadium. Max, are you going to be there? I, w- I will make it. <laughs> All, right. All right. So go Steelers. Thanks for joining us, folks. And we will see you Sunday at one o'clock. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. 
Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.